Thank you for joining us today on the Annex Podcast, hosted and presented by the Building Christian Fellowship. At the building, we build our faith, hope, and love in Jesus by having a real, relevant relationship with Him. And what better way for us to get closer to God than to learn more about Him through His Word? We pray you enjoy this. Later, you're the one that gives us purpose. You are giving, you're the one that gives us a, an expected end, God. Soften our hearts, Lord. Open our ears, God. Renew our minds, God. God, we place our faith and our trust in you. Our circumstances might not look like it, God, but you still deserve the honor and glory. You said in your word that all things work together and for the good of those that love you, God. We trust you in the downtrodden times, God. We trust your light to be sufficient enough in the darkness, God. We trust your strength to be enough for us when we're weak, God. Creating us clean hearts. Renewing us right spirits, God. Allow our gaze and our eyes to be placed on you. Fill us up today. Allow us to have an experience of you like we've never had before. Allow us to be in relationship with you like we've never had before. Allow us to just have a taste of your goodness, God. That we never may be thirsty again, God. God, I ask all these things in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can we lift up God a shout of praise? Hallelujah. Thank you, worship team. Thank you, worship team. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Can we give it up for our worship team real quick? honestly don't say that because I'm a part of the worship team just these people up here do a great job at leading us in worship not performing for you leading us in worship we do things in excellence but man we care more about the presence than the excellence Does that make sense so good morning everybody if we haven't formally met yet my name is pastor jr I'm the youth pastor here at the building Christian fellowship nice to meet you how you doing before we get started today, I want to give honor where honor is due. Can we give up the honor to our senior pastors, Pastor John and Pastor Kaya, real quick? If it wasn't for their yes, there wouldn't be all these blue chairs, big buildings. We thank you guys for your obedience. We thank you guys for following in the footsteps of Christ. We thank you for being the examples to us. We love you guys, truly. Obviously, today is not a youth Sunday, but I'm on the schedule. And we're going to get right into it today, amen? Turn with me to the book of Psalms. We're going to start in Psalms chapter 1. Psalms chapter 1. If you brought your Bibles, hold them up in the air real quick. Let me see them, let me see them. If you got it on your phone, no shame, no shame. I got the Bible app too. It's all good. If you brought your whole laptop, get an iPad or something. I don't know. (laughs) For those of you, like my brother... Mr. White over here that is anti-Apple. I mean, if you got like a a fire tablet or something, I don't know. I'm not judging. Get your Bible. I'm not judging. No judgment. No condemnation in Jesus Christ. Amen. Turn with me to Psalms chapter 1. If you didn't bring your Bible today, if you feel comfortable, look at the neighbor next to you. And if you don't have a neighbor next to you that feels comfortable, you can look up at the Sky Bible. (laughs) 
Psalms chapter one. We're going to read the whole thing. Today's chapter isn't very long, but I do believe that it's going to be life changing. Psalms chapter one, it says, blessed, somebody say blessed. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bring forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Amen. The title of today's message is, Do You Feel Blessed? Do you feel blessed? Look at your neighbor and say, Do you feel blessed? Now, in 2021, blessed really isn't a term that is just unique to us Christians. Even people in the world are using the term blessed. Now, the crazy part about how things go, a lot of times we think that it's something that the world has made, but realistically, it came from the church. The world takes it, and then the church readopts it as something that it wasn't initially meant to be. Like, it's almost like structure and government came from God. The world corrupts it, and then we try to adopt what the world does. And when it comes to being blessed, I think, and I'm not saying that everybody falls in this category, but I sort of feel like we might not have an idea of what it means to be truly blessed. I ask you guys the question, do you feel blessed? Not to ask you of your current circumstances, because let's be honest, we're not all feeling blessed right now. But it's blessed something that we simply feel. I was reading in, in, in the New York Times, this is an article from 2014. Now, I'm not saying that this author is Christian. I'm not saying that, that, that they're, they're, they go to church or anything. But she made a very studious observation. She says this. She says, there's nothing quite like invoking holiness as a way to brag about your life. But calling something blessed has come the go-to term for those who want to boast about an accomplishment while pretending to be humble. This is a person that's probably not a Christian, okay? Fish for a compliment, acknowledge a success without sounding too conceited, or purposely elicit envy. Blessed, divine, or supremely favored is now used to explain that coveted TED Talk. Invite as well as to celebrate your grandmother's 91st birthday. It is carried out in hashtags. Hashtag blessed. Acronyms. Hashtag BH. For the Hebrew, Baruch Hashem, which means blessed be God. And even, God forbid, the emoji. Blessed is used now in in, in past times. One might have said lucky. And the linguist Deborah Tannen uh, said, but what makes these example humble brags is not blessed itself, but the context. Telling the world your fiance is the best or that you've been invited to do something impressive. Actually, I don't even see the humble in it. I just see brag. There's literally a chick in my Facebook feed right now who just posted a booty pic of herself and the caption said, blessed. Now wait, this is her quote. Now wait, is that really a blessing? Is that really a blessing? 
Now, 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 if we were to just talk about connotations and talk about how we feel the definition of blessed is, and I were to ask you, do you feel blessed? You might say, yeah, work is going good. The kids are acting right. Everything is going well. But what happens when things aren't going right? Are you then not blessed? I'm trying to reshape our minds here right now. I'm trying to direct us back to scripture right now. Because many times, like I said, the world takes what we do, they do it, and then we readopt it in the eyes of the world. We have to redirect and reform and transform our minds into what God has to say about being blessed. And in Psalms chapter 1, he, this starts off the whole book of Psalms. If you don't read your Bible, again, no judgment. There's 150 books in the book of Psalms, 150 chapters in the book of Psalms. And blessed, this, this term blessed, this as share in the original language means to be happy, means to be blessed, it means to be fulfilled. And it, and it shows up over two dozen times in, in Psalms. And you know what tends to be the pattern when he's talking about being blessed? Is that there's a direct connection with being blessed and being righteous. There's a direct connection with being blessed and being submitted to the will of God. That we have to come to the realization that being blessed isn't based upon a circumstance, but it's based upon us being submitted to the Father. You might not want to hear about that today. Many times we preach about being blessed like, who wants a car? Who wants money? Who wants a, who wants a husband? Who wants a wife? It's deeper than that. It's deeper than the circumstance. Because listen, just because circumstances aren't preferential does not mean that God is still good and that he's not still blessing you. God is a way maker. He, he, he's doing the things in the unseen that we don't see that are benefiting us each and every day. And if we get back to scripture, I only got three points for you guys today. Look, we only got six scripts. We're going to be out of here quick. You're going to be able to go home, watch the NBA game. If you're watching the BET Awards tonight, that's fine. If you want to go back and watch Bow Wow and Soulja Boy do their verses, again, no judgment. No judgment. Our first point is this. The blessed man desires righteousness. Don't cancel me online. This man as a whole, okay? Calm down. The blessed man deserves righteousness. In Psalms chapter 1, verse 1, it says, Blessed is the man who walks not, somebody say not, in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. This writer of the Psalms is giving us a blueprint on what not to do. Understand the actions that are happening here. Walks. Stands, sits. It's a gradual progression. Sitting, walking with the ungodly, standing with sinners, seating with the scornful. The evolution becomes progressively worse. Is that many times as, as believers, as those of us that are trying our very hardest to be Christians, is when we need advice and when we need wisdom, we're trying to figure out how to be blessed. We ask anybody and everybody that seems to be blessed in our own eyes. And this is how it starts off. It starts off by walking in the counsel of the ungodly. It starts off by, okay, let me figure out how to take these steps so that I can be blessed. So that I can figure out how to be blessed in my own eyes. And, and it doesn't just stop there. We might think that, okay, well, I'll walk in the way of the ungodly. I'll get right back on track of where I was. But we need to know. That the wages of sin, the wages of choosing away from God isn't just you being bad. 
is death. It starts off with walking with the ungodly. Then it begins with standing with the sinners. The language that this psalmist is used is very specific because sinners isn't just a, a general term like ungodly. Ungodly is a group of just ungodly people. Sinners are people that specifically choose a specific sin to go against God. So not only am I walking in the way of the ungodly generally, I've come to find this habit that I've honed in on to find myself being blessed. Are y'all listening to me today? It goes from walking with the ungodly. It seems like it's unassumed, like, okay, nothing's going to happen. I get right back on track. Now you're standing, you're looking, you're acting just like a sinner. It doesn't just stop there. It says seating, it's, they, they sit with the scornful. The scornful. This, this, is, this is ultimate and, and full blaspheme against God. The ones that go against God, the, the atheists, the ones that don't believe in him anymore. Now you've gone from trying your own way to living like you don't know God to, to completely uh, 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 talking bad about God altogether. That you've turned into something that you didn't intend to and yet you still fell into death. And so many people hear that word in the Bible and think dead and death is something that's, that, that's physical. God is talking about a spiritual death. Being spiritually dead. That yes, you can come to church and still be spiritually dead. You can attend on Sundays and Tuesdays and come on Thursdays and still be spiritually dead. But this is the change here. This is what I want us to see in these few scriptures. Is that the psalmist paints the picture of what the blessed man doesn't do. But he gives us what the blessed man does. He says in verse 2, but his delight is the law of the Lord. And, he, he, and in his law, he meditates day and night. Notice this here. It didn't say that, but he walks with the godly. But he stands with the holy. Or, or, but he sits with the righteous. They didn't give you an action. It didn't give you an outside working. It didn't, it didn't give you the step-by-step -step process. The, 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 the thing that the psalmist was trying to get us to understand is that if you want to see transformation, if you really want to create a true hunger for righteousness, it happens on the inside out. That you can try to get the Christian actions going. You might learn the verbiage. You might know what it, it looks like to act like a Christian and yet not be a Christian. We saw in that video that at the end, when it comes to the judgment day, that many are going to go before God and say, Lord, Lord, we cast out demons in your name. And we did miracles in your name. And you'll say, depart from me, I'll never knew. You want to know why? Because there was never a real relationship between you and God. On the inside. That if we're going to pursue righteousness, we can't just learn the actions, but we have to change hearts. That we're not just coming to church to learn behavioral modification, but transformation by getting connected to the word of God. He delights in the Lord. He finds joy in the Lord. For, 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 and I'm not, I'm, listen, I'm not up here to judge. I'm up here to encourage you. Is this, it's like don't act like you don't have fun sinning. Sin is fun. Keep it a buck. Keep it 100. Be that's, that's, the, that's the new age way of saying, be honest. <laughs> sin is fun. I said it like a couple messages ago. Sin is sexy. It's appealing. But it's almost like this. It's almost like, it's almost like being frustrated eating cotton candy at the carnival all day and wondering why you're still hungry. 
it's like it tastes sweet at first, but it's not giving you any real nutritional value. It seems appealing. It seems like it's good. It seems like it'll satisfy you. And yet you still pursue after something that's not going to fill you. You're walking. You're standing. You're sitting. But it's one that delights in the law of the Lord. When we recognize that, just like Jesus said when he was being tempted by the devil, he had said, uh, 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 man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. That's what we have to be satisfied on as believers. That's what we have to be satisfied on if we want to be blessed. This is what Charles Spurgeon says. He says, it is a rich sign of inward grace when the outward walk is changed and when ungodliness is put far from our actions. Inward change. Outward progress. We can't try to make that outward change and, and, and still have a dirty inside. Jesus talks about when, and, and Jesus is good at Jesus is good at roasting the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Have you guys noticed that? <laughs> he calls them whitewashed tombs, full of dead things. The outside seems good, but the inside is full of dead things. We have to delight in the law of the Lord. Our first point was the blessed man desires righteousness. Our second point is this: the blessed man knows his source. The blessed man knows his source. In Psalms chapter 1, verses 3, we're going to break this down in a couple pieces because this is a very rich uh, verse in Scripture. He says, He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bring forth its fruit in season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. He shall be planted like a tree by the rivers of water. It, it, it wasn't by coincidence. I promise you I didn't ask our minister of music, Atira, to do the song Alive today. You're alive in us. We come alive in the river. That river isn't physical, but it's spiritual. And when I think about the living water, the living water that God gives us, I think about John chapter 4, verses 13, when, when the Samaritan woman had went to the well and met Jesus. When he said... Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Is that Jesus was using a very regular, everyday tool to talk about the kingdom of God. That we're gonna, if we continue to thirst after the things of this world, we're going to continue to be thirsty. But if we seek after God for his living water, we will never thirst again. There's a promise in that. It, it talks about when, the, when, we, when we drink of this water, that it becomes a fountain of water springing up from the inside of us. That not only have we, have we, have we been given this water, but we are empowered and, and the water comes out of the inside of us as well. It was funny. I was talking to somebody earlier this week. And we were just talking about grace, right? And we come to the realization that grace doesn't only just free you, grace also empowers you. That not only just the grace that God gives us, this gift, this undeserved gift that God gives us, not only does it free us from sin, but it empowers to not be in the chains of sin ever again. That this, 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 this gift that God is giving, this, this water, this, us being connected to the Father, us being connected to God, isn't just something that, that is good for the moment, but it's something that empowers us for the rest of our lives. 
not just in this life, but through eternity. It keeps us connected. It, it not only keeps us connected to him for ourselves, but it allows us the power to get other people con- uh, connected to him as well. It's like, look, not only did I drink this water for myself, but hey, come and see. I have this water that you can drink as well, too. Is that this freedom isn't just for us, but this freedom is for everybody. It's important that we keep that language and that thought process in our minds. Is that we know as blessed people, as the blessed man, we know our source. We know what it means to be connected to God. And I share this with the youth all the time. Those of those that have been saved, like, if you've come to this realization that you've been set free, that you've been redeemed, that you have found a righteousness that you can never uh, sum up to, why wouldn't you share it? It's the reason why, 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 the, why the Gospels is called the good news, because that's what it is. Is that we can't d- get too comfortable, saints. We can't get too comfortable in a thought process like, okay, no, all right, I'm good, I'm safe. We got to get more people. We, we got to be so, we gotta be so uh, understanding of our source that, look, this isn't just for me. This is for my family. This is for my friends. These are for the people that I encounter on the street. The people in the dark need the light, and, and we are that light. We are the ones that are connected to the source to go grab another one and another one and another one. And I'm not preaching this to say the building needs to be more full. We need to have three services. <laughs> the way I serve here, nah, not three services. But we need, to, we need to fill the kingdom. It's about the kingdom. It's about being kingdom minded. It's about having the will of the father. Is that look, we have to know our source. In that third part of that scripture in Psalms chapter 1 verse 3, it says that brings fruit, uh, forth its fruit in its season. That fruit isn't just fruit in its season like, okay, I bear apples during this time of the year, and then that's it. Or I bear oranges during this time of the year, and then that's it. I do pears this time of the year, and that's it. That's not what God is trying to tell you to do. When he's talking about fruit in Psalms, he's alluding to the fruits of the Spirit. In Galatians chapter 5, verses 22, verses 23, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against us there is no law. This is what he's trying to paint for us, that, that, that it brings forth fruit in its every season. Is that this, when I, uh, when I don't have the power or when somebody's hating on me, I have that fruit to bear of love. Yeah, that's good. When I don't have the power in, in, in every circumstance that I have, doesn't say that it should be joyful. I have joy. Yeah. When, when, when there's calamity going on in my life and my kids are acting up, I have peace. Yeah. When my spouse is, 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 is just acting a fool, Erica's just acting crazy. <laughs> I have long suffering. It's usually me. I'm the one acting crazy. <laughs> when people curse me, I give them kindness. Yeah. Faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Fruit in season. Is that, 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 that God is not trying to rob you of something by giving you the real definition of what it means to be blessed. But he's trying to give you the very thing that you need to live this life more abundantly. Let's not think that money, money will do. Let's not think that, 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 that certain relationships will do. That our relationship and our connection to the Father, us understanding our source, is the only thing that will sustain us and fill us up. The blessed man knows his source. It says, whatever he does shall prosper. And I don't want you guys to take this scripture and go, okay, well, if I be a Christian, anything I do will prosper. So let me go ahead and put some of this money into AMC and uh, go, y'all don't get that. Y'all trade stocks? No? Let me, 
Let me go ahead and trade this Bitcoin so I can make this money. The, Pastor JR said, whatever I do shall prosper. Let me go ahead and do this lotto real quick. Well, Pastor JR said, whatever I do will prosper. So the first girl I see on the street, hey, what's your number? Like, that's not how it works. We have to reorganize what our mind means. We have to always point back to scripture. Is that God has a definition of prospering. That there is no subjective definition of prospering or success. Proverbs chapter 8 says success belongs to the Lord. It says, and whatever he does shall prosper. Martin Luther says this, not Martin Luther King, like the OG Martin Luther, like 1600s Martin Luther. (laughs) And it says, and with regard to this prospering, he speaks like in Middle English, like Old English. And with regard to this prospering, take heed that thou understandest not a carnal prosperity, this prosperity is hidden prosperity and lies entirely secret in spirit. And therefore, if thou hast not this prosperity that is by faith, thou shouldest rather judge thy prosperity to be the greatest adversity. If you don't have this prosperity by, through God, then whatever prosperity you think you have should be something that is against you. That, 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 that the prosperity that we have as believers, as blessed people of God, is that the, the prosperity that God has to provide. The, the, the living water that God has to provide. Back to Psalms chapter 1, verses 3. It says, He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore, the ungodly shall not, understand, uh, shall not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. As I come to my last point, I come to a close. Our first point was the blessed man desires righteousness. Our second point was the blessed man knows his source. Lastly, is the blessed man is chosen to be blessed. The blessed man is chosen to be blessed. As you read through these six Verses and scriptures is not just painting a picture on how to be blessed in this life, but blessed in the next. Is that, yes, God knows your needs. God knows the desires. God knows what you're missing. But he has bigger picture purpose when it comes to knowing what you need. It's like, look, I'm not just going to give you what you need in this season. I'm going to give you something that's going to satisfy you for life eternally. It wasn't by our might or by our power. We're saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. Not by works unless anyone should boast. We were chosen to be blessed. That if you're reading this scripture and you don't understand the heart of the Father, you'll be like, well, if I'm ungodly, I have no hope. No, there is hope. It's not in figuring out how to be a better person, it's not figuring out how to be more blessed. But it's by submitting to the will of the Father. Matthew Henry says, they are blessed because the Lord knows their way. He chose them into it, inclined them to choose it, leads and guides them in it, and orders all their steps. Listen, I can preach until my face turns blue, my shirt is already wet, until my shirt is drenched. But unless the Holy Spirit pricks your heart to come to him, my, 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 my preaching is going to be empty to you. That's the truth. Is 
that before before service starts, we ask the Holy Spirit to come because, listen, no worship song that we lift up, no, no preaching that we lift up isn't going to make any sense unless the Spirit comes. God sent the Spirit for you to get connected back to Him. The blessed man is chosen to be blessed. That God is giving you opportunity to be blessed. But here becomes the deciding factor. Are you going to be blessed in your own understanding? Are you going to be trying to be blessed just because it makes you feel comfortable? Or you just enjoy the sin that you're in? Or do you want to taste and see what real joy is like? Do you want to taste and see what it really means to be blessed? Listen. Again, I'm not judging husbands, wives, kids. You cannot have a relationship with God proxy through the people that you come with. That's straight up. You can be blessed yourself. Kids, teenagers, you can be blessed yourself. Husbands, wives, you can be blessed yourself. You become blessed so that the people around you can be blessed. And as we all stand to our feet. John chapter 15 verses 16 says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that you should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. This is the opportunity. That being blessed isn't isn't you learning how to make a better dollar. Being blessed isn't you just getting a better worldly opportunity. But being blessed is having the opportunity to allow Jesus Christ, God, to to have a a, a residence in your heart. There's something that I realized earlier this week, too. I think I was reading like a commentary or something like that. And the point that the speaker was trying to make is this. Is that it's almost another old English guy. It's folly for those that show up to church and not really eat of his word basically to say this anybody know know how cow's digestive system works like a lot of people think they have four stomachs but in reality they have four chambers in their stomach you know what they do anybody know what cud is it's vomit but the only way for the cow to get all the nutrients that it needs is by throwing up what it ate chewing on it again and swallowing back down again We can't treat God's word. We can't treat God's word like we're going wine tasting. All the saved saints are like, wine tasting? I would never. Let me describe it to you. How wine tasting is supposed to work. You're supposed to taste the wine, spit it out. Taste the wine, like, well, that's pretty good. That's not how the word should be. That's not how God's word was was prepared for us. It was prepared for us to eat, digest, and eat again. Sounds gross, doesn't it? But I pray that this sticks in your mind. When it comes to the word of God, chew the cud. John 3.16 might seem like a simple verse to you now, but when you understand the grace of God, it holds so much deeper value. Hallelujah might seem like a simple phrase to you now, but when you come to the realization of why it was created, it holds a deeper value. You get the nutritional value that you need. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. That was a bigger picture statement. You're not going to live by by money alone. You're not going to live by having a bigger house alone. 
I'm not saying they aren't good things. I want a house. I got a family. I got a grown family. I want a big truck. All the things. But I know that's not, that's not what's going to sustain me. I know that when, when, when I get old and I die, I can't take those things with me. But what I can take with me after death is my relationship with the Father. <laughs> that relationship starts now. That relationship starts not just accepting Jesus Christ into your heart, but following him from this day forward. This is why it's important. This is why we do growth groups. Is that, look, as, as staff at the Building Christian Fellowship, we're intentional about making sure that you guys get connected to God. It's not just by praying a prayer. It's not just by, by you feeling sorry and getting the, the, the goosebumps and doing all the things and having a few tears. That's fine. God gave you emotion for a reason. But it's important that we follow Jesus, that we be convinced that, that, that being blessed in God's eyes is the best blessed that we can ever be. With every head bowed and every eye closed, this is the opportunity to be blessed. What God has designed for us to truly be blessed is by being connected to him, is by following him, is by doing this thing called repenting. If there's anybody here today that wants to give their life to Christ, I encourage you to do a very bold thing. Don't look around for judgment. Don't look around for condemnation because the people in this room don't hold the judgment seat. God holds the judgment seat. So if you are here today and you want to live your life for Christ, I ask you to come down to the altar. That's all the time we have for this episode of the Annex Podcast. But we encourage you to get connected with us by downloading and using our TBCF app today. Or you can visit our website at tbcf.life. That's tbcf.life. Until next time, thanks for stopping by to the Annex Podcast.